0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Shred's Takes. I unfortunately have some bad news. I had to take down episode eight of the podcast down due to the fact that I used a video that was not authorized by ESPN for me to use. So I just took it down to avoid copyright issues. And so that episode, unfortunately, will not be available anymore. And today, what I really want to do is just focus more on NBA stuff today as The scrimmages just happened a couple days ago, and I think it's exciting for people to watch the games again, but I wanted to focus a little bit and break down without maybe using the clips, but at least explain to you what I saw in those scrimmages, even though they were just scrimmages, that could be a little bit of benefits to a lot of teams and also problematic for some of the top teams. So I'm going to go first with the Lakers and the Mavericks. And watching the game, I think people saw how fast LeBron James looked. LeBron James in the second quarter of that game had 10 points straight, and he was doing a really good job of facilitating but also going and attacking the basket. He looked like in Game 7 mode. And in a scrimmage especially, it's like a preseason game, so not all the guys are putting their full effort into playing the full amount of minutes. So seeing LeBron James do that was also allowing me to see where I think the Lakers could be. Now Alex Caruso didn't play. He hurt, he hurt his back. He had a back contusion from what I heard. And, again, he's going to be fine by the 30th from what it sounds like from reports. And that's important because they play the Clippers in the 30th, and he needs to be healthy. Now, the Clippers are without Patrick Beverly and Montrez Harrell. And, and their scrimmage, Paul George led them in scoring, and then Kawhi Leonard had nine points. But when you look at these scrimmages especially, it's not really a big deal to see the points these guys put up. It's to see how they look physically and how they look going into their moves, right? So Devin Booker in the Phoenix Suns scrimmage against the Utah Jazz where they won by 23 points, he had 13 points in 20 minutes. That's very efficient. You look at the Lakers, right? LeBron James played about 15, 20 minutes, and he had 12 points. So that's also important to see that what also they're bringing to the table. Now when I watched the Lakers too, what I saw was a little bit of problematic defense at times. I watched LeBron James specifically, and this is not to hate on LeBron James because I am a big LeBron James fan, so there's a little bit of bias in terms of me being positive toward him. But the one thing I did see specifically was a little too much switching and not enough staying on your man. So when a guy would come off the screen and they would throw it over to another guy and they would get a pin-down screen. So what a pin-down screen is basically when the guy throws the ball to his teammate and a guy on the same team. Screens behind hits the, the player in the back of the screen, and the guy's able to loop around it and get a shot, or a layup right. And a lot of times those pin downs happened or down screens happened. LeBron James would just switch it. And I would prefer him to be on a guy like Doncic more than having a guy like Kuzma on him. And when I watched it, Doncic would just get by him every time. And the one thing everyone should watch when they watch a guy like Doncic Watch how he uses his body. When the games start up, this is why I think Dallas will be a lot more dangerous in the playoffs than people think. If Dallas can somehow squeeze that sixth seed in the West, they'll beat the Nuggets. I think the same thing with the Rockets. I don't know what the problem is with the Nuggets, but I just don't see Jamal Murray as consistent enough, right? But I like Luka Doncic in terms that he's not just a great passer and score just because he's just a gifted scorer. It's how he knows how to score. right? He can shoot. But when he goes to the rim, he's very crafty by using his body, using his shoulders, using his size, and he has really good touch. If you go through that game, I, I can put out a point in the second quarter, he drove through three guys, then he bumped Dwight Howard and shot a little right hand floater. That's stuff that he does consistently. And if you're a basketball player and you're learning from that, it's always about what he's doing with his body to get himself in position to get the ball in the basket. You watch LeBron James. Well, LeBron James really impressed me with, with how athletic he looked. And the thing is, when people don't realize, when you don't make the playoffs the previous year and then you get a four-month layoff, you've practically had about a year off of basketball. And he's also not playing as many minutes as he used to play. They're not asking as much of him in terms of minutes right now. And as a result of that, he's able to get into the, t- the defense more. If you watch the second quarter specifically, and I encourage everyone to go watch the second quarter against the scrimmage, just watch how he attacks the teeth of the defense. He gets in, he lays the ball in his left hand, lays the ball in his right hand. He gets a steal and he blows by everyone and dunks it. He's 35 and he's beating everyone down the court. And for the Clippers, that's a little bit scary for them to see that because if LeBron James is fully motivated and fully rested, they're not going to beat them. I, I, I hate to say it to the Clippers because you don't know if how Patrick Beverly is going to come back from his family matter and he has to go through all the quarantine, right? And so what, as people don't who maybe don't know this, if you leave the bubble and you don't get tested every day you're out, you have to do a 10-day quarantine. But if you get tested every day you're out, you get a four-day quarantine. So Zion Williamson will get a four-day quarantine and he should be back by their first game. Hopefully, Patrick Beverly is too, but you have to make sure he's back by the 26th because the game's on the 30th, right? So you have four day quarantine then he's going to be able to play. Or you have to get him back earlier than that because maybe he has to have a day of practice. I'm saying that the, the fact is when I watch those scrimmages especially, there are glimpses of obviously the greatness. But Paul George is something that intrigued me. He looked very fresh. And I understand it's a scrimmage again, right? Scrimmages again aren't necessarily that important. But it is important for the players to get their rhythm back. And getting their rhythm back is important because they have big games coming up. And when you have a four-month layup, you can lose your rhythm. And when you play against live contact, it's not the same as playing just by yourself and your driveway. So having that in, that, in its own right is going to get the Clippers an advantage too, because if Paul George can play like the Paul George of OKC, the, the Clippers also are a much more dangerous team. Now, I think that Anthony Davis and LeBron James are the better duo, but Kawhi Leonard can guard LeBron James better than anyone else in the league. And if Paul George can be a legitimate second option and not fade away in the playoffs like he's done before, you can just look at the numbers. Look at his series against Portland. He shot 30-something percent from the floor, and he averaged about 23 points a game in that series, right? And the previous year, he shot two for 15 against Utah in game six when Russell Westbrook put 45 points. See, that, that's a problem, right? And Russell Westbrook, I'm not saying he's been good in the playoffs either, but if you're a second option, you've got to be that good second option, right? And Anthony Davis, for example, has averaged 30 in the playoffs. If you look at his series against the Warriors, the last time he's in the playoffs, he averaged 30. And people are going to say, well, you know, Anthony Davis didn't get very far. But if you look at Anthony Davis specifically in the playoffs, and his team's okay, great. You had a guy like Drew Holiday, Miratich, and Rondo. That was his best team he had in. in New Orleans and to say that the team wouldn't be good with Andy Davis that's just ridiculous and Andy Davis has shown up in the playoffs this team just hasn't been good enough to beat the teams they've played against remember Portland's going around now too and that's another thing I want to talk about too the next thing I'm going to segue over to is Damian Lillard made a comment recently that he thinks he they could beat the, the Lakers again I love the confidence of Damian Lillard I love his talent I love his ability to be able to score at will anytime you need him to and again, he's a guy in the playoffs who's proven to have huge moments, right? Let's look at OKC last year. Let's look at Houston when he, you know, dominated them in six games. Even look at just his Nuggets series last year. Even even look at it when he, even though they got swept, look at his numbers in the Warriors series. He played well in a lot of those games. They just didn't have a good enough team. The problem with Portland, and I'm going to say this time and time again when I talk at the NBA, and you'll see when I break down these games, the issue with Portland is their defense, straight up. The Lakers don't really have an issue defensively. Because Dwight Howard can stand in the paint, block shots. JaVale is the same kind of player. Anthony Davis is a good defender. LeBron is second in the team in defensive win shares. So you also have that added a component, right? And I think that's important because if you look at the teams that – sorry, you look at the team of Portland, Portland is an offensive – generated machine, right? They have C.J. McCollum. They got Mello, who's in great shape now. They got Damian Lillard, obviously. They got Nurkic. They got Hassan Whiteside. You know, they, they got a lot of pieces around them. Zach Collins, obviously, right? The issue with them is no one on that team can stop Anthony Davis. And no one on that team really can guard LeBron James either. But specifically, that's going to be a lot. The, the only reason teams can beat the Lakers is if Anthony Davis doesn't show up. Right? So if Anthony Davis shows up against the Clippers, I don't see the Clippers winning that series because they don't have an answer for him either. Right, But the thing is, neither do the Portland Trailblazers. nurk is strong. He's very physical. He's a very talented, good player. But he isn't mobile enough to guard Anthony Davis if he had to. And also, I don't think he's mobile enough to, in pick and rolls to necessarily stop LeBron James from throwing lobs at Dwight Howard and Jabal McGee. Again, they, the Lakers are second in fast break points in the NBA. So you also have that added component. And LeBron James also is just so good in the playoffs. There's no way he's going to beat Portland. But the reason I bring Anthony Davis and New Orleans up is with that, you know, pretty decent New Orleans team, they beat the Portland Trailblazers in four games. Four games. They swept them. And I'm not pointing that as a knock on Damian Lillard, but Damian Lillard, I love his confidence. And you know what? He's having a terrific year this year, right? Averaging 28 points a game. Doing everything you want a guy like him to be doing. But what's the problem with them, though? They don't defend well enough. They're one of the, their bottom half defensively and they're bottom half in rebounding. Now, the rebounding will improve in Nurkic and Collins back, but the defense is not going to get that much better. Let's be real about that. Nurkic isn't an all world defender. Zach Collins is an all world defender. We saw what happened against the Western Conference finals last year when they played the Warriors. They're not a good enough defensive team. Now they can score with the best of them. Are they really going to stop the Lakers? Absolutely not. Do I see them pushing to maybe six games possibly? Yes. I think Portland has the talent to push at six games. They could definitely win a game or two and, you know, take one from the Lakers or two. Right. But realistically, I think it would probably go five games. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it went six, but I think realistically it goes five games and I don't want to hear the fact that Portland's going to beat the Lakers. That's just absurd. It's an it's a, it's absurd hot take by media people that just want to make a, a nice entertainment feel out of the people, right? That's ridiculous. If you look at the facts, there's no way that Portland would beat the Lakers, right? Now I want to break down also the other nominees too. So another thing I was going to break down as well is the NBA MVP race. And let's be honest about it. LeBron James is having an unbelievable year, and the reason why he's in the MVP conversation now is recency bias. Hands down, it's recency bias. If you look at the NBA and you look at LeBron James' last couple games, again, 37 against the Milwaukee Bucks, 27 against the Clippers. Then I think he had 29 or 30 against the Brooklyn Nets, right? And he beat – he took it to Giannis. He took it to Kawhi. Right? So, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that LeBron James doesn't deserve to be in the conversation. Of course he does. LeBron James has a fighting chance, but he's not going to win the MVP. Giannis out, in PER, scoring, rebounding, pl- real plus minus. So I'll break down the numbers for you. Giannis is the best PER in the league and one of the best all time. His real plus or minus when he's on the court, according to ESPN, is 10.3. LeBron James is 9.2. He averages 9, 29.6 points a game. LeBron averages 25.7. Now, LeBron James averages more assists. So I forgot that that's the one thing I'll claim. LeBron averages more assists. LeBron leads the league in assists. So Giannis, I, you know, the one thing he has over him is Giannis is probably going to win defensive player of the year because Giannis leads the entire league in defensive players win shares, or at least he does. And, he, and also, opponents against Giannis in one-on-one situations shoot 36%. Now, what does that mean? It means that Giannis is right now the MVP. Hands down, he deserves the MVP. If you're not counting the next eight games that they're playing, Giannis should win the MVP. But what does that mean for LeBron James? Because if you want I say, what does that mean for LeBron? What it means for LeBron James is LeBron is going to be more motivated than people are going to think because LeBron's going to, in those interviews, like, ah, oh, it doesn't really matter that much to me. You know, I've, people say I couldn't do things in the, in the Western Conference look what I'm doing, right? He's going to say the right things on camera. But LeBron James is going to be – you can even tell from that scrimmage. He's more motivated, and that's why I'm still going to go with the the Lakers. But that's not necessarily the important piece of the conversation. You have to – whenever you make these debates, look at the numbers, look at what they really have done for their team, and you have to look at PER. You have to look at plus-minus. You have to look at points, rebounds, assists, block shots, steals. Giannis leads his team in, in all those categories. Now, he's not a better assist guy than LeBron James, but what is he better than him at? Every almost every other category, right now is he a better player than LeBron James? No, he's not a better player than LeBron James. Not like, but let's get that out. But he's going to win MVP this year, and even the public might turn against LeBron. That's a recency bias. Look at the entire season. Giannis has proven to be the MVP. Also, Giannis did outdo LeBron James when they played in Milwaukee, completely outdo them. So really, let's let's just be honest about it. Giannis is going to win the MVP. And the last thing I just want to wrap up with is the fact that what I think will happen when July 30th will hit. Do I think the Lakers and Clippers game will result in the Lakers winning or the Clippers winning? So I'm going to break it down a few different ways and make this short for you guys. I do think the Clippers are going to win the game, and here's why I think that. I think that the Clippers have had the better hand. I think that right now they have more talent. I think the Lakers are still trying to figure out their new pieces – I think it's going to take the eight games for the Lakers to get it. I do see the Clippers winning this game. And it's not because – I think LeBron James will show up. I think Andy Davis will show up. But if you look at the supporting cast, if I'm just saying if this is – if Harrell and Beverly are back, the Clippers are going to win because they have a very supporting cast right now. Now, do I think the Lakers will beat them in the playoffs? Yes, because I think they'll get their chemistry right. And that's not a knock, but it's a regular season game. So, personally – I just think the Clippers right now are in a little better situation talent wise than the Lakers are. And a little bit they' like you know they they're starting to figure it out. I could be wrong, and I'm happy to be wrong, but that's where I feel, right? And I think really the important thing is when these games come around, when when we break these games down, I'm gonna break them down when these games happen you got to look at definitely the facts of the situation and see exactly what went wrong for both these teams in the regular season. But remember, it's a regular season game. Now, these eight games are important, but not necessarily for the Lakers. The Lakers only have to win three games to get the top seed, right? So that's really the crucial piece of the information there. And that's really the spiel. Now, again, I encourage you guys to keep posted for this on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'm going to have a guest or two on next week. I'm also going to break down the Lakers Clippers game as well after it happens. And also try, try to talk a little bit more, maybe have an MLB guest on to talk some stuff too. Now keep posted for that. And I encourage you guys also to talk about these sports topics and read into these things too. So you get a different mind as well. So thank you and have a good one, everyone.